As a real estate agent, you know that the industry can be tough to navigate with constant challenges and obstacles to overcome. That's why we created the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast, where top performing agents share their insights and strategies for success. Join us as we dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly of growing a thriving real estate business. Your host, Lindsay Pavaza, will be your guide on this journey. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn from the best in the business. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Lindsay Favaza, welcoming you to another exciting episode of the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of introducing you to a powerhouse in the industry, Jason Pinkholm of Lamakia Realty, the Worcester office. With over 13 years of experience under his belt, Jason has truly mastered the art of real estate. He has listed an impressive 300 plus properties and his knack for quick sales is evident with an average of just six days on market. But what truly sets Jason apart is his unwavering commitment to customer satisfaction, a testament to his professionalism and dedication. In our conversation today, we'll delve into Jason's journey, his strategies and the secrets behind his success. So whether you're a seasoned realtor or just starting out, there's definitely something to learn from Jason's story. So without further ado, Jason, welcome to the podcast today. Hey, hey, Lindsay, thank you so much for having me on. Of course, it's my pleasure. I think I texted you and I said, um, this is bad. I have not had you on here yet. You need to get on this podcast. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> Major oversight on my part. So I'm That's so right. happy I'm excited to today. I want you to dive right into it and tell us why you got into real estate, when you got into real estate, and give us your backstory. Okay, uh, so I got into real estate in 2007. I, I like to take responsibility for the market crashing. A lot of people think it was 2008, but it was really yeah, end of 2007. All your fault. Um, yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, um, I got laid off corporate America. I was doing business to business sales for a pest control company, um, commercial pest control. So got laid off, and I bought a home a couple of years before, and my realtor uh, stayed friends with me. And when I started thinking about what I want to do. Um, I just kind of was drawn in the direction of, of real estate. I gave him a call and he's like, you know, you can come work. Um, once you get your license, all that stuff, he pointed me in the right direction. And then he said, but you don't get paid. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so I didn't know. I, I don't work you, don't get, you don't get a salary. <laughs> so I started doing like broker price opinions and making like $50 for a broker price opinion because foreclosures were a thing then. Um, and making expired calls and um that's really how i started my business and the journey continued we, you know, we had a small team him and i and then his daughter um he was the immediate past president of our local association the realtor association central mass his daughter became a president someday um we ended up switching brokerages a couple years later i went out on my own then i joined a team running their seller department unfortunately due to some personal issues in my life going through a divorce uh, I left the business actually in late 11, 2011, oh, wow. I left. Yeah. Otherwise I'd be saying I have over 16 years experience. Um, yeah. but I, but I did, um, come back into it in 2016, uh, joined a team again, uh, at a different brokerage and, uh, became their director of sales, um, coaching agents, training them, hiring so forth, and still listing and, and uh, buying homes with clients. Um, and then went back out on my own after I'd say in 2020, uh, when that team decided to switch brokerages. And then in 2021, I moved to Lamakia, which, um, which I'm super happy with that. 
Great. Tell us a little bit about like what your thoughts are on team versus individual agent. Like, is there a certain time where it makes sense to be one or the other and then like get back into being one or the other? Like what's the, what's your thoughts on that? So for me, I think being a solo agent for me is better. And, and I have the sport I have, you know, a full-time admin, I have a marketing assistant. Um, I also have a personal assistant that handles my schedule, writes offers, so forth for me um, when I'm on the road. So I, I, it's almost like a team that I just pay mm-hmm. per transaction. I think for me, why I decided to go back on a team in 2016, you know, well, first, when I first got in 2007, I didn't know anything about real estate other than yeah. I had bought a home, right? I weighed my home inspection, found out there was termite damage. The guy that sold pest control for a living, right? So <laughs> what a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, the whole back side of the house. Um, so I ended up, and that was in 2004, the height of the market. So I ended up, um, I wanted to learn the business and I needed a mentor. So that's what I did. And then 2016, my sphere completely changed, right? When you go through what I went through a divorce, yeah. you, d- different people, different friends. So I had to start all over again. And honestly, I forgot how to write an offer. You'd be surprised what you just forget in four years if you're not doing this on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I love when agents tell me they've been doing it 30 years, but they've only done two deals in the past year. So yeah, you, how, do, how sharp are you on this stuff? Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so, so I think for me, it was um, the team is good if you are just starting out, just building your business. If you're going to brokers that doesn't have good training or um, doesn't have you know, the tools that you need um, to have an assistant, things like that, then it makes yeah. sense to be on a team because you get that support. But yeah. then if you have those tools you're, or you're at the place where you can create those systems for yourself, then being on your own is a, a, a better, in my opinion. Yeah. So what made it motivated you for real estate specifically? Like what, was it just the experience that you had buying your house with your friend or was it, you know, what is it about real estate that you love? why I got into real estate. Um, well, that one's deeply personal and, and I don't mind sharing it. Um, I prayed at the time I like prayed and I just had this overwhelming feeling that I need to get into real estate. You know, I was, I was pretty religious at that point in time in my life. Yeah. So that's, that's really what led me down that path. Um, and, and then what was your other question? No, that was it. It was just a question of like, what was like, what, why real estate? Like you were in pest. You know what I mean? Like you were dealing with that. Like yeah. why, what was like the drive to do real estate? Was it just the friend or, you know, obviously it sounds yeah. like it was more of a higher calling. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, you know, I was in management for pest control as a regional manager for a company. And then I went and became a regional account executive for them. So I had both management and sales experience. And then yeah. when corporate America, you know, market was changing everywhere, uh, they laid me off. And that's when, yeah, I just felt that as you called it a higher calling. Higher calling, um, it sounds like. Yeah. And, and, and also, you know, I quickly realized like I have a passion for helping people because every transaction, there's two sides, right? So my goal this year is to sell 75 homes. Well, that's 150 families that I have an impact on. Yep. I love it. So what is a memorable story from your early days in real estate? Do you have like something that happened to you? I would think that the, you know, buying the house with pests when you're working for a pest control company is a good one. Um, but what other are some of like the other stories that you've had um, from, like I said, some of those early days that are more related to, you know, you being in the business and kind of getting situated. Uh, I have a 
a really interesting story. Um, at the time, it was a foreclosure market. I want to say this is 2009. And I had to serve what's referenced as cash for keys to a tenant and a multifamily, right? And that's where instead of the bank evicting you, they give you some money, you leave the place in Brunswick condition, we change the lock, so forth. So this is out in Springfield, which is where I grew up in Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, so I go out there to this multifamily and meet the tenant. And she said, hey, the landlord has my cable box. Can you go knock on his door? He won't answer for me. So I knock on his door. He opens the door with no clothes on, grabs his gun, and chases me out of the house what? and down the street. I swear to you, this happened. He was pulling his jeans up as he was. I, I ran and I'm like, you know what? Mm, not <laughs> worth that. Yeah, no, nope, not <laughs> worth that. So uh, I left the property That's and said, I, I let the bank know I'm no longer able to assist you on this one. Yep, nope, I'm out of this one. Yeah, uh -huh. and that was the early days when short sales were such a big thing. So did you feel like you were really kind of you know, doing more of those at the time? Like, were you kind of trying to do anything you could just to be in the business and learn your way around or what was anything I could? Was? I mean, I was a couple of years in the business at that point in time, but yeah. I dealt with a lot of foreclosures. The team that I joined late 2009 um, was heavily into foreclosures. That's pretty much 99% of their business. And they were doing a couple hundred transactions a year at it. Yep. So how has real estate evolved since then? So in your mind, what are some of the things that, you know, what are some of those milestones that have happened? Because some of the people that are listening, they may have only been in the business for the last two or three years, so they haven't seen some of these other things. So what are some of those markers that have happened over your career? Um, obviously, the market's changed a lot. And I, and I love it when I still hear buyers to this day saying, I'm waiting for foreclosures. I don't see that happening. Inventory levels have changed drastically. Yep. Um, I've built quite a, a rapport with people. I have a lot of past clients at this point in time. So I'm able to work a lot on referral. I still mm -hmm. take leads from you know a company when they, they have lead sources that they could provide for me. Mm -hmm. However, I, I think at this point in time, a lot of my business is referral based. I've, I've shown myself as kind of an expert in, in what I do. And yep. you know, my personal mission statement is to be recognized by my clients and those in my industry as being the very best at what I do. I love it. So how do you get these homes sold so quickly? So remember we talked before um, in the intro, I mentioned that you get things under contract very fast. So what tips do you have for realtors out there on getting a home listed, you know, at the same time, kind of marketing the listing, you know, doing a little marketing for yourself? I know you've been big into agent guided tours. So just talk a little bit about listing a property and listing yourself at the same time in a way. <laughs> sure. I actually have an agent guided tour scheduled for tomorrow. There you go. Um, which, which I'm excited about. So yeah. I, for me, it's comes to two things, price it right and marketing. I don't think that's any rocket science there, but no. there's a lot of agents out there and you know, the, the three P's, they put it in MLS, they put a sign in the yard and then they pray that it sells. Um, anybody can do that, but why choose me over another agent if I'm going to do the same thing? What, I want to justify my commission on every single listing that I have. And for every buyer, I believe, that I'm here trying to raise the bar, right? And for marketing, once I tapped into doing video and I thought like, oh, this is cool. Like I get a little, you know, video out there. And I remember probably my third video I did, Agent Guided Tour, uh, which you guys can find on my, on my Instagram and on my uh, Facebook page. Um, I was doing an open house and somebody came up and like, oh my God, we saw your video. And I was like, oh, people are actually watching these. And, and I'd spend like, you know, a little bit of money, $100 on Facebook to boost the ad and so forth. And I saw I was getting views. It was great. 
But then they said, we watched all of your videos. I was like, wait, what? They're like, yeah, we went back and watched all of them. I was like, You're like that's really why? cool. Yeah, like, <laughs> wow. Well, guess what? They then hired me to sell their house and help them buy a house. So for me, I think doing everything you can to market that property and showing them that you're going to do all that marketing, that's going to help get the home sold. Sure, as a real estate agent, we know that a lot of it is just going to be pricing it right, having quality photos and all that. But I'll tell you what, when I go on a listing appointment, I show um, them a sample of my agent guided tour. They're blown away and I get the listing every single time. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so. taking it an extra step. I mean, like you said, everyone mm -hmm. can just put a sign in the yard and can do these things. I am going to personally make a story, make a video about your home that puts it, uh, sets it apart from the rest. And mm -hmm. I'm going to be the one to like walk through it and describe it. And I'm going to, you know, put it in its best light. I, did, I think that that is something that's different. A lot of people aren't willing to do that, which is crazy. No, it, you know, I get being afraid to be on camera at times. And Listen, I was nervous the first time I did it too. You should ask our, our videographer, Brandon, how many takes it took for me to do the very first one I did in Holden. Um, and I was pretty new to the company and I heard about the service. I'm like, I'm going to do it. This house is really cool. So, um, but get on video. And, and if you don't have a professional videographer, that's okay. Get somebody to hold a phone for you. Just yeah. with a gimbal, hopefully that, you know, so it's a little bit more yeah. stable, <laughs> but do these tours, get on video. Uh, and and don't be afraid of it because I think that will help you get more listings. It'll sell your listings. It'll get more people in front of your listings, and it'll help you get the next listing and the next listing and the next listing. So talk to me about your marketing a little bit because I know that even before these agent guided tours, you were putting priority on video regardless, and on images and your social and all of those things. So tell me about your marketing strategies and what works best for you, um, and what advice you would give to people about marketing. Sure. Um, I, I looked at it and said, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And I remember when I actually have a, a, a marketing assistant. Well, I think she likes to be called marketing director. Hey, Sarah Taylor, if you're watching this. So she's, hey, Sarah. she's, my, she's my marketing director. She's a personal friend, former real estate agent, um, who, who moved out to Colorado, but still does my marketing for me. And she said, Jason, you need to do video. My videos come a long way since then. Um, and with that. I wanted to somebody to do my marketing because I just I, I wanted to be busy enough where I didn't have time to do it. So she does it for me. She posts three times a week on average, two to three times a week on social media. She's like, Jason, remember to post on your Instagram story. So I've been getting better and better at that because people do watch those. But for actual posts, um, I chose to hire somebody that could take care of that for me because, listen, if you want to go sell 75 houses a year, you can't do it all on your own. You can't do it all on your own. Plus, it sounds like she's a little bit of an accountability partner for you because oftentimes a lot of agents, they kind of like do it and they get excited about it. And then they go into what we always call closing mode and then they stop doing it for a period of time. And But it sounds like she kind of cracks the whip and keeps you on task. Yeah, she's been on me about doing YouTube shorts and I need to get out there and do those. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to do that. So my son happens to be a photographer, a videographer as well, um, not with our company. But uh, he and I are going to go do some scenes in, in the city that I live in and do some videos. I love that. So um, what is currently now, what is the most rewarding thing for you in like doing real estate? Like what is it that make, what is that why that you have that is really, you know, moving the needle for you and getting you to that hopefully 75 properties this year that you sell? Like what is, what's driving you? There is no hoping, Lindsay. It's do or do not, and do. I will do it, right? I'm at 29 <laughs> transactions year to date, and I'm going to keep going. 
um, with five listings coming on. I think for me, what, uh, geez, I just forgot your question. No, what's the most rewarding? What's your why? Oh, now, so now it's giving back, right? So I had to figure that out. It's why do I get up every day? Why do I do this? Why do I work a lot of hours? You know, a, a saying I heard a while back is, hey, the best part about being in real estate is deciding what 80 hours a week you want to work. And that's, that's, <laughs> so true. that's true. Like we have a flexible schedule, but I work a lot. I balance it. Um, however, it is, what is your why? And for me, my why is now giving back, right? So I raise money for both Shriners Children's Hospital because my mother and my late stepfather spent a lot of time in there as children, both being handicapped. Um, and then Alzheimer's um, because my grandmother passed from that. But beyond that, I give back to the Realtor Association from being um, uh, ambassador for NAR and the Commitment to Excellence Program um, to doing the Massachusetts Association of Leadership Academy this year. Also serving the city of Worcester as a volunteer position for the Affordable Housing Trust Fund, which I get to bring my real estate expertise to that. Um, all of those things, it's that's why I do this now. It's yeah. how can I give back? How can I serve others? And not just the city, but serving as a leader, right? And, and, and I have some agents that I coach on the side too, that helping them build their business. That's why I do what I do. It's amazing. And you do sell so many homes. How many homes you told me before we started, but how many homes have you sold this year so far? And we're at the end of July. Yes. Uh, 29 units closed so far this year. And I have five listings coming on. And by the end of today, I expect to have five pending properties as well. I mean, that many in a year that the market has been so much slower is so impressive. So you should be really I'm proud not, of that. I, thank you. But I didn't want to make an excuse. And and I heard a lot of people saying, lower your goals this year. You know, don't expect to do. Um, I'm blowing out of the water what I did last year and the year before and the year before. I love it. So, um, you know, what kind of advice would you give to someone? Maybe it's just that. <laughs> it's just don't lower your expectations. But what's some advice that you would give to someone to get to that next level in their business? Because, um, you know, you've had what seems like so many different kind of turning points in your career so far. Um, and now you're really at this like accelerated growth. So what, ex what, with all of that hindsight, what advice would you give to someone in the business? Treat this like a business, right? So if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. I have a very detailed calendar. Everything is on there. Every appointment and everything is appointment, personal or business-wise. Yeah. I have spreadsheets. I have a list of you know, all of my clients on there, ranked through one through 10 on where they are in the process. 11 means they're, they're under contract. Mm -hmm. um, so I think just really treating this like a business, putting those systems in place, making sure also that everybody knows you're a realtor or a real estate agent if you're not a realtor. The, you know, I don't just bring it up in a conversation and say, hey, I'm a real estate agent, but hey, if man. I strike up a conversation <laughs> with anybody, most times I'm gonna ask them, what do you do? And 99% of the time they're gonna say, what about you? Yep. And if everybody you talk to doesn't know you're a realtor, you're not doing it right. You're a secret agent. Don't be a secret yep. agent. I love that. We always say, don't be a secret agent. You gotta be talking to people. I've had a bunch of discussions during this training tour that we've been doing here. Um, you know, the management going to each of the offices and stuff. And one of the things that we talk about is like, everything is a networking opportunity. Like just being at the grocery store is a networking opportunity. So I love that that's how you kind of word it. Cause I feel like the first thing someone says after you say that you're in real estate is they ask you how the market is. And now yeah. it's like, now you have this whole discussion that you get to have with them. And it exactly. doesn't feel you, you didn't 
ask them yeah. to talk about it. Show them your expertise, talk about the market, whatever they want, just answer questions. Um, and here's a big tip for everybody. If you have a Facebook page or an Instagram page and it's private, you're a secret agent. Don't do that. Like, I don't post anything political in either direction on my social media. So my social media is open, completely open. Anybody can see it on my personal and my business pages because people are going to look you up and they need to see who you are. Yeah. You can't be hiding. Don't hide. So um, you have a lot going on. You have big goals. And... Um, you know, you also have a life. So tell me how you seem to balance it all because it is difficult when you're working those 80 hours. I love when people say like, I got into real estate. Whenever I talk to people on these podcasts, people that are successful in the business now, but a lot of them, they'll say, I got into real estate because I wanted to have balance in my life. And I'm like, how's that going for you? Um, so yeah, so give us some advice on how you handle kind of balancing work and life and personal and all of that. Well, I think that's, it comes back to your calendar, right? So for me, family is priority. Um, they go on my calendar first. Absolutely, without a doubt, on my calendar every time. I have the ability to have people cover showings if I'm on vacation. I took seven vacations last year. I've been on three so far this year, and I have a couple more planned. So you have to put your family first, but put it on the calendar. Every appointment, every single one. I can look at my calendar, and I know when I'm away when I'm here, what my work schedule is, but if, and, and my friends too, right? So as a single man in my, in my mid forties now, it's all right, maybe late forties. I don't know what 47 is, that <laughs> mid or late, right? But We'll just say um, mid, we'll just leave it as yeah. mid. But I, I still have friends and, you know, other social things and those go on my calendar. I make sure that I, I make that a priority. Do you set that expectation with your clients? No, like, here's what I do. I just tell yeah. them I have an appointment. If they ask for, can I go see this house tomorrow at 3 p.m.? If I have plans, I have an appointment. I don't get into it. It's nobody's no business. If they're a personal friend, sure. I'd be like, oh, hey, whatever. Uh, vacations yeah. are a little thing. I, I'll tell them I'm out of town. I don't get into too much detail. I'll be yeah. out of town during that time. I have somebody that will cover showings. I'm available text, email, whatever. So you set those boundaries and you make sure that, you know. There is that work-life balance because it's so important for your mental health. <laughs> yeah. And they have no idea what I mean by an appointment. They have yeah. no idea what that appointment is. And they don't need to know. Um, so you mentioned earlier when we talked about what was like a, the funniest story that's ever happened to you and someone chasing you with a, you know, after the house is with no pants on is pretty funny. Um, but what is like a success story that you're proud of from your career? Is there a specific, you know, transaction that was really difficult that you got across the finish line? Was there a specific family that you helped that you really wanted to, what's like that success story to you? Uh, yes, I helped a, a family in Sutton, Massachusetts. Uh, they were buying in Connecticut. And what was interesting is I gave up my Connecticut license probably two months before I met them. I was like, oh, oh perfect. Um, well, originally they were looking at Mass, but then they started in Connecticut and I was able to refer them to an agent in our company to do that. But it was a long one. Let me give a tip here. If your buyer ever thinks about waiving um, their title uh, insurance, don't let them do it. So this story, it's a beautiful Tudor home in Sutton. I did a video at that one. And we get under contract, great offer. Everybody's happy. Well, now comes time. And also, this client decided he was going to hire his company paid for attorney. By the way, they don't want to do too much work. But there was title issues. And that became a problem. 
it was from a trust. So there's a little bit of a funny story here. It was a trust that then the trustees weren't listed. The person who initially created the trust went to federal prison because he was created counterfeit money in this house that I sold. So this oh is many years God. ago, right? So then he goes to federal prison, he deeds it into a trust. It's then sold off, right? And somehow it was sold off twice. Well, today's standards, the title insurance company, when they were doing you know, the title search, they found the deed's not correct. We needed a conformatory deed. Yeah. Great. So you think you just reach out to the guy who was in federal prison or someone like, like no, he, died in, he died in 2017. And this yeah. just happened early this year. Wow. Late last year. Um, so I had to then help him find an, um, a probate attorney because you have to go to probate court here in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And there were eight heirs who were all excluded from the will. He left everything to his girlfriend and excluded all eight of his children. So I had to find the names. Well, that was pretty easy, the names. Find the addresses, find the phone numbers to eight heirs throughout the country. <clears throat> and it was hard, but I finally got people to start sharing information about their siblings that they none of them spoke to each other except for a couple. So that wow. was an interesting one. And I think it took six months to close that deal. But let me tell you, that family was so happy. They wrote this glowing review for me because I didn't give up tenacity right like don't just throw in the towel i'm like you know what i'm gonna find these eight heirs because you don't want to pay an attorney 500 dollars an hour to do this i'll do it and yeah i did it we got to the closing table and everything worked out wonderfully that is a success story mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. like but wow, don't you let your clients wait by your title policy yeah <laughs> bottom out, line pay for that <laughs> it's waiting gold because he didn't buy it Oh my goodness. That's insane. So that actually kind of goes into my next question. So that might be your biggest piece of advice, but think of another one. Um, what is your, what is the biggest mistake you see? Maybe it's new realtors making in this business. What are some of the things that you see people do that you're like, I wouldn't do that if I was you. What are some of those things that you're seeing out there? Um, from marketing aspect, I see people not even mentioning their brokerage, which is a problem in yeah. the state of Massachusetts. Um, yeah. Not every state's that way, but you have to mention your brokerage. So I see yeah. that as a mistake out there. Honestly, I think it goes back to your secret agent. You're not letting people know you're in real estate yeah. Yeah. and you're not treating this like a business. You're making a mistake. What, what are you doing, right? And yeah. it's not all about just posting on social media that I'm a real estate agent. It's everybody you talk to, build that. Every single person should know. And I see people not doing that. And I've seen a lot of people leave the business. Yeah. And they should, they should not be just, you know, mentioning it, but showing that they're passionate about it because I want to work yeah. with someone who's super passionate about their job mm -hmm. and loves their job. Not someone who's, you know, just doing it as a hobby. Everybody you run into is not only a potential client, but a potential referral. Yes. You know, and, and I don't turn down any business. I have a client right now. I showed a mobile home earlier and since 2007, I've never helped somebody buy a mobile home ever which shocking to me, maybe, but um, I'm still going to help them. It's $83,000. However, you don't know who else they know. You don't they know, know what business is coming down the road. Yep. We had a situation here in the office. I remember after I first, I mean, this was probably six, seven years ago now, but I remember hearing about someone that had, um, you know, done a mobile home sale. And like you said, it was like a hundred thousand dollar sale at most. And, um, within like the next three months, they got a referral from them for a $600,000 home because they had a friend that they worked with. And it's like, yeah, you never know what's going to come out of that. You just treat everyone the same. Yeah. I have similar stories. I had somebody that was a 
burned out multifamily in North Brookfield. It wasn't quite burned out, but it was boarded up and it was in rough shape. And it, it went for under $200,000. Like, and then I just did a good job for them. Probably six months later, they're like, hey, we want to sell our house in Boston. And they bought a million dollar home in Lemonster. And so I made, you know, it was over $2 million in, in volume from those yep. three transactions. So you never, ever know yep, where your business you is going to come from. Yep. Yep. So um, one of the questions I like to ask, especially people like you who really are like sponges, I feel like you really listen to a lot of things. You take in a lot of information. You're big into training and all of that. Um, what are some either like apps, podcasts, training, like maybe there's some people that you follow. Um, who are some of those people for you that are resources that you, you know, are following and making sure that you're, you know, taking in everything that they do? Is there anybody like that for you? Um, honestly, it's a lot of audiobooks for me. Yeah, I listen to a lot of different audiobooks, and it's not and reading books. Every single book that I decide to read, it's something about business or motivation. Yep, that's what it comes down to. A great one that I just finished and I'm actually listening to again is "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. Um, that really will motivate the hell out of you to mm -hmm. succeed personally and in business. What's um, the gist guy, of it? This guy grew up really poor, abusive father, mom moves away. He ends up becoming a Navy SEAL uh, after oh, failing twice, Yeah, became a Navy SEAL, right? Ran the ultra marathon, mm -hmm. um, holds the world record for most amount of pull-ups in 24 hours, became an army ranger, became all of these different things because he never gave up. Just don't quit. Yep. I love that. So that was for me, is my the, one of my favorite audiobooks I'm just listening to again. Uh, beyond that, you know, I do plug into training. I'm I'm grateful that the company I, I'm at, Lamakia Realty, uh, we have weekly training. And yep. you know, I, I plug into that as well. Yeah, cool. So we're almost out of time, my friend. So it goes by fast. Um, yeah. I looked up, I'm like, holy crap, we're at 30 minutes. Um, so I want to ask the one final question, which you've already given some advice and things like that, but what is your kind of parting words for the podcast? What is something that you want to instill in our listeners, either a motivational message or wisdom or whatever that thing is, I'll let you take the floor. I think right now is a difficult time to be in real estate. And I know that there's, there's a lot of agents who are my friends who are struggling right now. And some have left the business and some are contemplating leaving the business. Before you do that, before you make that choice, are you doing everything possible to succeed? Are you not a secret agent? Are you keeping a calendar? Do you have systems and tools in place? Are you taking advantage of anything your office offers that could help you build your business? Are you going to trainings? All of those things are important. And are you talking to people about what you do? I just see so many real estate agents that just don't, don't put the effort in. And okay. if you're not going to put the effort, okay, quit. Fine, quit. But mm -hmm. for me, I'm not willing to fail. And if you don't want to fail, make sure you're doing everything you can to do this the right way without sacrificing your family. And I know a lot of agents out there that say, well, I have this and I have children. And hey, listen, I have three adult children. Surprising fact about me, they're in their 20s. Um, so I, I guess I have a little bit more flexibility than young kids, but I was PTA president when my kids were young and I was in real estate and I coached their little league team. So being able to make sure everybody knows, to just don't give up yet. Make sure you have every, you've done everything. And if you're still not succeeding, 
go talk to the successful agents in your office and ask them, what are you doing to be successful? What do I need to do differently? Yeah. Those are my parting words. I love it. Well, you guys heard it. Get after it. If you are not sure if you're doing all those steps, listen back to this episode because it was packed with awesome things that Jason does. And you can literally make a checklist and say, am I doing all these things? Um, because he's definitely has the recipe for success. So Jason, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I really, really appreciate it. We are going to Otherwise, on the screen here, if you're watching on YouTube, obviously you can see his um, at symbol. So go ahead and follow him and send him a message. Ask him any questions you have. He's an open book. Um, and then also on top of that, if you are listening to the podcast, feel free to just check out the show notes. We'll link all of that stuff in there as well. Um, so again, thank you, Jason, so much for your time. And thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. We'll see you next time. As a real estate agent, you know that the industry can be tough to navigate with constant challenges and obstacles to overcome. That's why we created the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast, where top performing agents share their insights and strategies for success. Join us as we dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly of growing a thriving real estate business. Your host, Lindsay Pavaza, will be your guide on this journey. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn from the best in the business.